It's Thursday, November 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Options, Jim Gillies, and from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser. We're wrapping up Canada Week with Jim Gillies. <laughs> as long as we don't talk about hockey today, I just don't really have much to offer there. <laughs> we're not going to talk about hockey, although I, I was remiss because on Tuesday, uh, we talked about, Bill Barker was in here, we talked about the election, we played a couple of clips from Nate Silver, and I was remiss in yesterday's podcast uh, when I did not mention the prediction that our producer, Matt Greer, made on Tuesday, his prediction was the election is going to be called at 1048 at night. And Mac was like off by 20 minutes. Yeah, that was well very close. He was really close. So, again, if you, if, you had your, if you had your money down, if you're rolling with not Mac, you're bad. rolling large. Uh, we, we've, we've, got, Mac. we've got earnings from Whole Foods, from Activision Blizzard. We're going to start, however, with McDonald's. Because for the first time in nearly a decade, McDonald's monthly sales fell. Uh, Jason, it was down nearly 2% in the month of October. We're talking about same-store sales. So these are locations. These are not new locations. These are ones that have been open for at least a year. How big a red flag is this? I wish I could say it was a red flag. But unfortunately, it's not really. I mean... Sales go up, sales go down. I mean, it's not like McDonald's is any is in any real a uh, pinch here, g- considering the the scale of the operation. But I think it is worth noting. You know, we talked about this before, where um, watching same store sales drop, particularly in the U.S., for example, where uh, I think last year, last quarter, same store sales were clocked in about four and a half percent, and this year it was around one point four percent. And that's concerning when you consider the fact that McDonald's is making investments in their U.S. operations to sort of bring bring themselves uh, more on par with the fast, casual-style restaurants like a Panera or a Chipotle or or even a Starbucks to that degree. so it, it kind of shows me that maybe you know maybe those investments aren't necessarily paying off. I mean, at the end of the day, it is McDonald's, um, and they don't necessarily offer the healthiest menu in the world. That said, they're trying to offer more. I do think it's worth noting that McDonald's makes about sixty percent of their operating profit outside of the U.S. And so when you see a lot of the same store sales dropping in other locations, like we're seeing in Europe, no shocker there. Asia, a little surprising, given their exposure to their to their money uh, making you know operations out there. That that could be something to keep an eye on. Jim, what do you think? Well, I also don't know if there was any uh, currency impact in this as well, because the U.S. dollar has been pretty strong against uh, other currencies in the world where it might be dropping. But um, my my big fear, I suppose, to put their quotes around it, maybe is. Uh, that someone would actually consider this a data point worthy of an investing decision because it's <laughs> yeah. it is absolutely not. I mean the the fact that this was the first same source sales drop in a month, big deal in in almost a decade. Well, right, and 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 it was a it was this was expected. I mean the the consensus mm-hmm, yeah. expectation was it was going to be down about one point one percent. It came down. It came in one point eight percent. Who cares? It, it, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's 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 one month. After ten years, nearly of of going up every month, it, it's it's no big deal. And my concern would be people would look at this and say, "Oh, maybe maybe McDonald's has lost its mojo. We should sell." No, I mean this is it's kind of a theme from yesterday. You know, this is this is a this is an add more on a long term holding. It's a great business. It's. No, it's fine. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if anything, I look at that as a buying opportunity. But I mean, you also look at other operations like Burger King and Wendy's and all these other fast food restaurants are also revamping their menus mm-hmm. and trying to sort of reinvent themselves. And I mean, you can't watch anything on TV without seeing one of those stupid Wendy's commercials. <laughs> uh, 
But you know, you really what feel that about means Wendy's is that brings more people out there to try something like a Wendy's or a Burger King, which may take some traffic away from McDonald's. But you know, McDonald's is one of those things you you know what you're getting. It's it's got obviously the golden arches are unmistakable. Like Jim said, this is just one data point of many. If you have kids, and I have kids, (laughs) (laughs) they like their McDonald's. Yes. Activision Blizzard's third quarter profits came in higher than expected. Uh, The video game maker also raised guidance, Jim. What's uh, what's the headline for their quarter? I think the headline for the quarter is, uh, once again, they hit it out of the park, did a great job, and the market has just shrugged and doesn't care. I was going to uh, say that's about four years running now. It is it has run the range from an eleven dollar stock to a twelve dollar stock. It's really amazing to it look really at. Really is it, amazing, particularly when you factor in that this is this is not a really a below the radar company no. in terms of the, uh, in terms of what they make in terms of the you know the the games that they make. They're very well known. They're very well known. They're very profitable. I mean, the Call of Duty franchise, uh, you know, puts out uh, generates the amount of revenue and cash flow that a major Hollywood blockbuster, like we're talking on a Harry Potter level, right. can bring out. And they seem to be bringing one of these out per year and doing well. I mean, I think the this is Black Ops Two coming out. Their Call of Duty uh, offering this mm-hmm. year in about a week. The last. I think it's three years, successive years, they've each had a, a Call of Duty of Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1, Modern Warfare 3. Each one of them has successfully or successively set records for these types of things. And, you know, the company does pretty much everything right. They make lots of cash. They redeploy that cash in the service of shareholders via meaningful share repurchases and dividends. And for various reasons... It seems like you know there's a, the market is always looking over its shoulder for well oh, this is going to be a problem coming down the pipe and it just you know shrugs. Well, why do you think that is though? Because it, uh, you know, couple reasons. Couple okay. reasons. Uh, number one, uh, about two thirds of the shares are owned by Vivendi, so there's a big uh, dominant shareholder control overhang. Uh, for a while there, it looked like Vivendi was going to try to sell their stake. Um, quickly found out that no one was willing to pay their seven billion up there. Um, as well, that there's always the fear that the franchises that, that generate so much of their cash and so much of the revenue are going to go away. Uh, about four years ago, one of their dominant franchises was Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you played Guitar Hero? Well, I've never played it, <laughs> okay. so I'm the wrong guy to yeah, ask. Well, I mean, Guitar gone today. Uh, so people fear that Call of Duty as a franchise will wane. And, and you know, a management saying things like it's, it's one of the top consumer recognition um, brands, if you will, on par with Starbucks or Nike. And and even I sit back and go, and I, I own shares of Activision Blizzard. I like the company. But, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, I'm pretty sure Starbucks Coffee or Nike, uh, you know, Air Jordans probably have a bit more staying power than the latest, uh, you know, first-person shooter. And then as well, too, they get a lot of their money from their uh, monthly kind of subscription games, uh, World of Warcraft. And there's always the fear that the subscriber counts are falling. And, and uh, subscriber counts have been falling for World of Warcraft in aggregate for the last year or so. Yeah, Jason, uh, to to one of the points that Jim made, when you, whether it is Activision Blizzard or Electronic Arts or Take-Two Interactive or even a company who's in a different kind of gaming business like Zynga, they are, what they all have in common, they are all dependent on hits. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, uh, this is sort of a, a, a common, maybe not a threat, but certainly a common concern amongst all these stocks. And, and rightfully so. I mean, they are dependent on hits. And I mean, you know, to Jim's point there about Guitar Hero, I mean, there is a substitute for Guitar Hero. It's called a guitar. And so, like, <laughs> I play guitar and consequently never play Guitar Hero. Uh, the substitute for Call of Duty is you go and join the military. And I, I was think wondering where you're going to go with that. A little bit less likely to do something. 
something like that. So I think that I think that's a testament to why something like Call of Duty has such staying power. Now with something like World of Warcraft, yeah, they they have been seeing declining subscriptions. Now it's worth noting that this past quarter they did see uh, their their subscribing members actually tick back yeah, up from nine million yeah. to about ten million. Yep. Uh, the company is doing a lot of great things with their digital uh, distribution, operating margin expansion is becoming more profitable. You know, I, I always say with this company, the market just continues to judge this company on what it has not done yet. Because, yeah, what if the coffers run dry and, and they don't come up with the next hit? The thing is, they keep on coming up with great hits. And Skylanders is another great example of that. Uh, just talking yesterday with Alex Scherer, who's who's in the office for a couple of days. And, uh, you know, he, he was mentioning that, you know, at least one of his boys big into the Skylanders yep. characters and, and that's sort of a, a mixing of the the you know video game with the actual physical toy right. which is pretty cool so you know I even remember last year when people, you know, on the on the calls with uh, with Activision Blizzard were noting Zynga entering the fray and wasn't Zynga going to eat Activision Blizzard's lunch uh, because mobile was the wave of the future and and Kodak was he was like yeah well maybe but you know looking at Zynga's model we're not really sure how they make money and how they're going to be able to make money and, and we see now that and they don't really make year, money and, and we're not sure if they'll last but. Um, it's it's a difficult industry, and I think that Activision Blizzard is – it really is the only gaming company I would consider investing in because of its scale and, you know, the attractive position that they offer to producers and, and game makers everywhere. What do you – just to wrap up on the stock, Jim, when you look at it, it trading within this narrow sort of 10 to $13 range as it has literally for years yes. – what do you think of shares today? Are they do they represent any kind of discount or, or deep value? Can I go off into the options tangent? <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely. Um, encourage it. What, what's been interesting for me is we've had an option position on this for uh, n- I think three years now in in Motley Fool options, uh, and the option position has been an unabashedly bullish position. It's called a synthetic long, and so this position has made nothing. <laughs> and if you had told me three years ago when we established the position that this would have made a better, better covered call. A covered call is a type of position that makes money with a stock that goes nowhere. Given the cash dynamics, given the quality management, given the hit after hit after hit that these guys have, uh, given their steady uh, whittling down of their share base because they buy back so many shares, I wouldn't have believed you that it would have been a better candidate for a go-nowhere strategy. And you know, it, it it has... I I The price is cheap. The price has been cheap for four years. I'm right. not sure what's going to take what it's going to take for it to catalyze and, and go up three, four dollars. One other point, just note on that price is that now when you look at that that eleven dollar and fifty cent share price, about twenty five percent of that is cash on the balance sheet. Yeah. Wow. So you're you're looking at I mean it, it yeah it, cha- it trades unencumbered very cheap. by debt exactly I mean, they have no, no debt. debt and so I mean yeah it is it is cheap uh, on paper it certainly hasn't done anything but you know I own position uh, I own stock in, in Activision Blizzard personally I carry it in my real money portfolio here it is you know one of many positions I think it, it has a little bit of that coiled spring sort of uh, look to it where one day I just you know, I have to believe that the market's going to wake up and it's going to it's going to the price is going to reflect the cash this yeah. company or generates. or we'll wake up and it's been acquired and suddenly it's $17 right. and, and yeah. we're out and, yeah, and we're getting a dividend to wait so yep. shares of Whole Foods down more than 3% this morning after fourth quarter earnings came in basically in line with analysts expectations uh, Jason is this a situation where Whole Foods, which has been on a tear for a while now, is is the fact that it's like, oh, well, you, you you're just doing exactly what you th- <laughs> we thought we were kind of hoping you were going to beat expectations. Was it 
was how was dare that you just be awesome? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a great example of a company that that can sometimes uh, be a victim of its own success. You know, they keep on killing it quarter after quarter after quarter. This quarter, it was another great quarter. I mean, comps were up eight and a half percent. Sales uh, just you know continue to continue to rise. And and uh, you know, Mackey said on the call it was their best year of the company's thirty-two year history. Uh, with that said, I think the the look forward for two thousand and thirteen. It's maybe maybe the growth is moderating a little bit. The stock certainly wasn't cheap at forty plus times earnings, and and you were talking about a grocer here. So I mean that that is a razor thin margin business to begin with. You know, looking really at the high end consumer market. So yeah, I mean the, the share price is bound to pull back a little bit, but but it's still a very quality company and, and still a positive outlook. Yeah, I think maybe some of the pessimism that might be out there is the I believe new stores the uh, the sales per square foot is significantly smaller or lower I should say than the uh, the more legacy stores. Mm-hmm. Um, if that persists, that could be a problem because obviously the you know you're you're rolling out new stores at a lower ROIC. Now hopefully of course the, over time as the stores season or mature sales per square foot goes up. They also jacked their dividend, I think, by 40 or 50%. 43%. Yeah, I mean, again, it's... That's great to have. You know, big, you know, you lose three percent today on that, whatever. Yeah. Just on the store count, uh, Jason, I think we were talking last week about Starbucks. Uh, one of the things from Starbucks' latest quarter was that when they look ahead to twenty thirteen, they're planning to open thirteen hundred new locations, <laughs> which struck me as uh, as a longtime shareholder as a a somewhat aggressive number. Uh, did Mackey say anything about Whole Foods and their plans to expand? I'm just wondering when they look ahead whether it's 2013 or 2014 or beyond, what is their growth outlook? I, obviously, it's not going to be anywhere near what Starbucks is. That's an apples, a little bit of an apples and oranges uh, comparison there. But I, I am curious about their expansion plans. Yeah, so I mean, the, that 1300 number for Starbucks can sound pretty, uh, pretty lofty. But we also have to remember that is globally speaking, and they are really focused on, on almost hyper growth in China and India. Uh, so that represents a lot of what they're trying to do. With, with Whole Foods, yeah, they have about 340 so uh, stores open now. They see a long-term market that could hold about 1,000 stores domestically, uh, but they are very good at moderate, deliberate growth. They, they try to make sure they don't open stores in areas where they may underperform so that they have to close them later. So you know whether they open 10 to 20 to 30 new stores over the course of the next year, We'll kind of see how they plan that out. They lay it out quarter by quarter. Typically, we see anywhere from 10 to 20 stores mentioned every quarter. But again, it's going to be slow, deliberate growth so that they can avoid you know, having to close any underperformers later on. And I think shareholders really need to take that into consideration because we have a company here that – you know, again, they're very shareholder friendly. Return a lot of value. They're not looking to bite off more than they can chew. I don't think, which is which is good. Uh, in terms of something to watch over the next year, if it's not the store count, because I get I, I get everything you just said, and and obviously it's not. They're not in the same hyper growth mode that you mentioned that Starbucks is in. Is the thing to watch instead uh, the, what you were talking about, Jim? This whole notion of looking at the newer stores and seeing if they can get their revenue per square foot, get that to go higher. Is that sort of the the key metric to watch? With that, would, that would be. I think that's something to watch. I think it's a metric because uh, if you're if you're looking forward and if the market starts, uh, in, you know, believing that you know future stores are going to suffer on a per a sales per square foot basis going forward, yeah, I mean that could be a problem because I mean. Uh, you know, you start having to open stores that are just less and less efficient. That said, I think right now, I, I certainly don't want to wave any panic flags or anything like that. It's just, you know, just something to watch, you know. 
Yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably focus on the the margin lines in particular. You know, they they talked before about how gross margins they saw long term sustainable number of around thirty five percent, which they reached this quarter mm-hmm. and year, uh, which means that going forward, any any real profitability and savings are going to have to be incurred on the operating and net margin lines. And so I'd be I'd be you know paying attention to those three margin lines and, and seeing how it all you know trickles down to the bottom. We're two weeks away from Thanksgiving here in the United States. Jim, we were talking before we started taping. Yes. Canadian Thanksgiving is in We're a, done. Is yeah. So, yeah, you've <laughs> had yours. Given. We ate all the best turkeys. What's, uh, what, what, what's sort of your go-to when you think about Thanksgiving? Because when, when I was driving my kids to school this morning, we were talking about, oh, we're going we're, we're gonna to fly up to Boston for Thanksgiving. We're gonna see I'm going to be in Boston for Thanksgiving, I think. Come on by. Yeah, there you go. Come on by. There's always room for more. <laughs> um, and we were talking about the foods that we are looking forward to at Thanksgiving. I'm just curious. What's your food that, when I, it comes I, to Thanksgiving? I, uh, like, this is what I want on my plate. See, I cook Thanksgiving okay. dinner. I'm the there one that does go. all the, the cooking. Well, I kind of have to. So for um, you, it's just a bottle of wine in the kitchen. Yeah, no, no, no. I, my my parents come over, and you know, some friends and what have you. Uh, I'm I'm not married, so it's it's my uh, uh, you know, it's kind of just certain friends, my kids, and my uh, my parents are over. But uh, for me, I do the cooking, and it's generally um, I have I take about four days to properly prepare the turkey. Wow! Like you know, it's got to brine properly, and then you know, uh, salt crust, salt brine in in the fridge, and just the air dry. And then I generally serve that with um, with uh, caramelized onions, uh, cranberry sauce. Well, Next nice October, man. man, we're flying. We're, <laughs> so come on up. We're flying up to Guelph. For it's, that, that it's, sounds uh, good. What it's about good. you? Yeah, like Jim, I, I do a lot of the cooking in, in our house. Now, I, I am married, but it's just I think it's because I'm a better cook. Uh, but <laughs> hang on, hang on. It's all right. My wife doesn't listen to this anyway. <laughs> oh, okay, <gosh. laughs> she would agree, though, I think. But uh, she's a great cook. No, don't get me wrong. She's, she's a wonderful cook. But we we do cook a lot of our Thanksgiving dinners together. And, uh, you know, growing up, one thing I always really enjoyed, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. My grandmother on my mother's side had peanut butter stuffing. Which really? was just really good. I mean, I'm a big peanut butter fan. I'm unabashed peanut butter lover. And this is just essentially stuffing, and you're just throwing in a good, healthy dollop of peanut butter with it. And you put that puppy inside the turkey, it is really good. (laughs) I am salivating over here. Can I get that recipe? It's it's just stuffing, and you add peanut butter to taste, however much you want. I want that. It's really good. Uh, Sounds good. For me, it's stuffing. It's not peanut butter stuffing. It's sort of a sausage base, but uh, that is... uh, Sausage and peanut butter. uh, Drop us an what email. Could go wrong. Radio at fool.com. <laughs> you know, if you if you want uh, Jason's peanut butter stuffing recipe, we'll see if we can get it for you. But we, uh, we always like to know what, what people are looking forward to in terms of Thanksgiving, whether they celebrate it here or elsewhere around the world. Jason Moser, Jim Gillies, good luck getting back over the border into Canada. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.